on this episode of AV Week, Netgear providing design services for AV integrators. Avixa has brand new experiential awards and selling in the world of Soft Codec VC. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 422, recorded Friday, September 20th, 2019. Are you experienced? Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Christy Digital. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, his name is Paul Weatherhead, and he is from AV Junction. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and also with us from the great state of Texas, his name is Luke Jordan. Welcome, sir. It's a republic, but glad to be here. Thanks, Tim. You, you, you joined the union like 150 years ago, dude. Depends on your perspective. <laughs> well, here's the deal. I, I don't have to show my passport yet when I go into Texas. So You're welcome. And also with us to discuss uh, everything is uh, Mr. Brian McClymans just outside of the great city of Chicago. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And it looks like you have a Cubs shirt on. So, No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continuing on. First story comes to us from our friends over at AV Network. Avixa has launched the AV Experience Awards. They will come your way during Infocom in 2020. Uh, happens in Vegas. Uh, the awards, you can register for them now. You can sign up for them now all the way up through February. Uh, from the story, quote unquote, Dan Goldstein says, audiovisual technology has the power to enhance how we experience the world around us, from how we shop, bank, attend sporting events, check into hotels, and so much more. These awards are going to be uh, awarded to folks who are designing and applying AV technology to a multitude of diverse environments. Luke, we'll start, with, start with you on this one. Uh, is this just kind of a natural progression of where Avixa has been heading for, I'm going to say, about four or five years uh, with the whole, you know, not only the name change from Infocom to Avixa, but also the experience uh, drive that they've been doing with Tide and other events? I think this is definitely within the same kind of road that they're going down, focusing on experience. And I think that's the right way to look at it. My least favorite case studies are when we list out, this is the gear that was used for the switching. And then, you know, they use these speakers and this control processor to tie it all together. Just kind of a, a bill of materials and a case study to me is the least interesting thing. You know, the reason I read, um, aviation case studies, you know, different, you know, magazines, all that is, you know, what, what solutions are, are other integrators and designers and consultants using to solve complex problems or to engage people, um, which really is that whole experiential thing. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what products are out there, but it's how, how are people tying them together and tying the hardware and software in a special solution that really does interact with people, solve a complex problem, engage people. So I think it's a, a great move how they're moving 
away from what gear was used and how is it hooked up together possibly and more towards how is this problem being solved in unique ways and I, it's kind of a, a similar coin but i think that there's a a nuanced line dividing focusing on the gear and focusing on how it solved that problem in a creative way so i'm i'm excited to see where this goes i don't think it's nuanced at all i think it's a big big thick line between you know gear listing and you know experience uh solving now that being said av nation has has their awards we focus on on the equipment as well as as some of the experience it's more uh we we have a category uh about uh technical support as well as education but we you know still say what's your favorite projector right you know what's what's your favorite control system for the year mm -hmm. um but i i agree with you Leo. i think it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they go with this in this, in this first year and i think what's going to be telling on that is when they select you know they've got different different categories when they kind of select a winner for each category how they present that solution and how they picked that winner if they kind of get into a here's a list of gear and how it was used that's really kind of the same thing as a typical case study so i think really the way that they're going to differentiate this award from other awards and or case studies in the industry really is going to be the write-up and if it was just a write-up, I think they need to have an experience in how they announce the winner and showcase that. All right, Mr. Weatherhead, same kind of question. Uh, this is something that Avixa has had in the past, Infocom has had in the past. They've done awards for things like, um, you know, uh, projects. They've also done awards for other things. They still do things like the CTS Holder of the Year, uh, the Women in AV Award. Uh, but this is something completely different. What do we think about them going down this path and and, and you know, honoring uh, the experience. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I think I agree with sort of your initial uh, statements there. I mean, I think the the brand name and the whole sort of direction that they're going in, I mean, it certainly aligns with that. Um, and I think also if we kind of look back, you know, say 10 years, technology has completely changed as far as in, in the AV world. So we can do, there's more, much more possibilities um, to use the equipment and, you know, create these amazing experiences. So um, I, I think it's great. I also think um, another thing that it can can really kind of challenge the integrators, um, instead of looking at sort of projects and, and design just from a product perspective, um, let's see how they can, you know, really make these great experiences um, for, you know, the, the users that are, are, are going to be using them. All right. Brian, uh, as, as the manufacturer here, um, bring you around on this. Luke said, you know, some of the key studies, uh, they, they can get a little bit product heavy uh, with, with product, you know, names and numbers and, and things of that nature. Awards like this and, and case studies like this are really interesting to him because it showcases a problem solving solution, right? Here's an, here's an experience that somebody's had with, with they've identified the problem all the way through to the end. How do you as a manufacturer get in, in early and help not only your clients and, and your integrators, your dealers, but also their, their clients as well, kind of you know, get to that experience? Yeah, so <clears throat> that's a good, great question. I am glad that uh, Avixa is doing more of the experience awards because we have been doing much more, you know, people used to do white papers in the past. Um, they would really just be product focused and, and didn't really uh, do much other than promote the brand that was doing it. And now we're doing video-based uh, case studies that highlight the the building of the solution, 
but then also why it was done. So we're asking, you know, what was, we get the end customer to get on camera and talk about why they actually spent the money to do this and what that, you know, how it, how it worked for them and how they believe it's going to, you know, m impact their customers, which is exactly whether their customers be employees or uh, actual customers that are paying to be a part of that, that location. So that, that way, we're using those as well as uh, architects want to know. Nobody, no architects want to do it the first time. They always ask. When we go and talk to an architect and we say, hey, we can do this type of solution. They go, okay, show it, prove it. You know, provide us with something that, you know, we don't want to be the guinea pig. We want to see that you've done it before. So that's exactly why we believe strongly in these experience type uh you know, solutions. We're, we're, we're actually spending quite a bit of money every quarter to develop these. Well, sometimes they want to see you, you know, prove it once or twice, two, two or three times, actually. Uh, yeah, one, first time is, is a nice uh, proof of concept. Now let's see it in the world world and, and, you know, make sure you can replicate that, right? Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, next story comes to us from our friends over at Sound of Communications. Netgear has introduced a new engineering support center for commercial AV integrators. What I find interesting about this story is this is the first or second one I'm aware of from a switch manufacturer that's providing AV engineering services centered on the switch. If you ever uh, contemplated the, the, or, or argued the fact that the AV industry is not in the IT space, this is the end of that argument. Just for, just for the record, this is it. Paul, uh, you work with a lot of folks, uh, both on the IT and the AV side. So a program like this, how does it help the industry uh, get more into the, the IT side? Yeah, certainly. I mean, we've been seeing this convergence of AV and IT for, for a while now. So I think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's here. Um, you know, in, in my sort of line of work with sort of staffing and, and talking with a lot of you know, installers, having that, you know, engineering support, more resources available uh, to brush up on, you know, their knowledge and, and you know, uh, execute better on, on site, it's always helpful. Um, and I think this is definitely what our industry needs, um, sort of manufacturers stepping up and, and providing these resources and um, access to this information that's, uh, that's going to help everybody. Brian, uh, same sort of question here. You guys are getting more into different areas. You've got the kiosk happening now. As our industry evolves uh, and as the manufacturer here, how are you guys able to keep uh, kind of on, on the edge and maybe even beyond the edge because you're having to develop some of these programs three to four to six months ahead of time? How are you able to stay on the, the cutting edge of both technology but also the education of your dealers? Well, that is definitely a big challenge because there's so much information coming to everybody at any given point from the major manufacturers to everybody in the industry. How can anybody be an expert in everything? So we, we do have challenges with that. We, are, we do have two uh, full-time trainers that go out to our customers and train them on all the latest products we have. And we, we actually uh, take back the comments that they get from uh, the installers and the customers about what they're looking for because they, they usually tell us uh, what they're currently involved in uh, with what type of integration they need especially with our displays, what type of uh, monitoring, uh, are they adding cameras in there for real-time data capture? Uh, things are rap rapidly changing on a daily basis, and we do try and keep our ears to the, uh, the you know, as close to the installers as possible. All right. Luke, uh, Brian made, made a good point. Not everybody can, can know everything or learn everything. 
as an integrator, how do you decide who's going from your team to what manufacturer's training or, or who's going to be the expert here, right? Who's going to be our switch for person? Who's going to be our expert in mounting? Who's going to be our expert in AEC, let's say? Um, that's a great question. I think a lot of it is just understanding people's giftings. I've got a great smile. I'm really bad at math. Knowing that about myself, I'm good at sales. So the same way we look at kind of our engineering group, we definitely have a guy that is just really great at doing detailed rigging. We put him on all of our large stadium projects and he's able to handle those complex, you know, working with structural engineers, doing, you know, very detailed rigging details and drawings. We have a guy that came from a lighting background, a guy from an audio background. Um, and so I think people just kind of naturally segment themselves on what they're interested and in, drawn in. And they are more than willing to become an expert um, through um, several educational offerings. You've got, you know, VIXA, you've got uh, SynodCon, you've got manufacturer trainings, you've got all kinds of options to get educated, to get certified. But at the end of the day, the people that become experts aren't forced to, that they want to do that. What I really like about what Netgear is doing is it allows us as the AV industry to say we are the experts and we want to keep all this in-house. I can't tell you how many times on AV over IP projects the owner or um, someone on the design team says we really want to have the, the structured cabling and IT guys have the network switch that all of your AV over IP equipment goes on but there's not always a good handoff between this manufacturer and that switch. And so if we are able to kind of leverage this AV company and, and this switch manufacturer are working together on a partnership and we've got pre-configured switches for this use and it's all in the AV contractor's scope, that leaves one throat to choke. So it either guarantees that the, the system is going to work as intended, as specified, and if something doesn't work, I can then maybe go to Netgear and say, hey, you guys recommended this switch for this project that we collaborated on, so we need you guys to be a part of solving that problem. And so instead of finger pointing, we're actually fixing things and, and making sure that our clients are happy and increasing awareness and trust in AV professionals on these big collaborative projects. So having a, a, a designer that is interested, trained, and plugged in, and a partnership between manufacturers on this type of technology really are gonna produce the best uh, solution overall. Well, let me ask you a question here, and, and, and Brian and Paul, I'm bring you both in on this as well. C creating that partnership, that, that's true, Luke, but also making sure that you know the folks that uh, are creating that that the training is, is getting their feedback Brian you mentioned it before the fact that you guys actively seek out your 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 students the people that your your dealers to make sure that you're you're getting they're getting the most out of it but also that they're giving you hey we're seeing this come down the pipeline or hey we're 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 being asked for this right uh, and then that way you guys can kind of it's 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 a it's a constantly uh, it's a feedback loop where you guys are getting feedback from the from the dealers and then creating that education based on what they're you know based on what they're seeing. So, and one of the biggest challenges too is obviously it's very difficult to you know learn about what what's needed out there in the the field for our customers. Bringing in and making sure that our uh, engineers and our product managers understand what what's being asked 
And so that you can marry the two needs together, you know, the need of the outside with what the need to develop a new solution is within our engineering team. So they understand, you know, what they're developing is what the customers are asking for. So in an ever evolving uh, marketplace that we're in, uh, the more communication you have in, in linking people together is important. And in many cases, especially with like direct view LED currently, we're actually flying our engineers that typically have never gone out on an install for a TV mount. We're flying them out to, to locations just to see what they designed and understand, you know, hey, these are the challenges that they face, real world challenges uh, versus, you know, behind a desk uh, and understanding it. it. It really does help and, and is, is making our product better each, each quarter. Well, it also has to because here's the thing you mentioned the two different the two differences there you know you you could put up a tv mount in your office with very little issues it would be difficult to replicate some of the some of the led walls that you guys are are involved with you know talking about you know new york times square and, and things like that nature that that's kind of hard to, to replicate in your office so okay. all right guys uh last story here comes to us from our friends over at av magazine uh hsbc is putting together 5,500 hardware endpoints with 290,000 users for Zoom. 290,000 Zoom licenses. I'll let everybody except for Luke do the math on that because apparently he's as bad as math as I am. Um, interesting story here. Uh, you know, you've got almost 300,000, let's just call it that. Uh, Zoom uh, licenses, obviously, they are the, uh, the, the big behemoth in the world of, of soft, at least soft codec uh, UC and soft codec VC. Uh, Brian, I'm gonna start with you on this. It, it's kind of a new world than it was five years ago. Uh, Zoom went public this, this past April, raised somewhere in the neighborhood of $700 million uh, in an afternoon, not, not, not a bad day, day at work uh, with, with their IPO. Um, but this has become kind of a, a soft codec world with hardware endpoints, right? That the story mentions uh, about 5,000 or 5,500 hardware endpoints. As you're talking with dealers, obviously Peerless is going to have you know, some portion of that because Huddle Spaces is, is one of the areas that you guys work really, really well in. But you're, you're, go back to a little bit to education. How are, what, are the, what are your dealers telling you that's changing about the sales process in this new soft codec augmented by hardware sales world? Well, the interesting thing about it is the, this is one that the uh, product solutions evolve and change based on what the new you know, uh, video conferencing solution is at the time. And because Zoom rooms don't require a lot of back, uh, you know, back boxes or de devices that go behind the camera, we're able to go back and use some of our just regular mounting solutions for, for those types of things, where in the past, we used to have to build pretty complicated solutions with drop-down trays, with rack units, uh, to house a bunch of different um, pieces of electronics that are weight-based. We used to have spring-released products that would that'd pop down below that a installer could go and change out the codec or change out device back there. Now, with Zoom type of uh, connections, the, the mounting solutions actually have gone back to being easier. Uh, than they were, let's say, just the past uh, year or two years ago. And if you if we relied on just waiting till a trade show to highlight that, um, we would you know be out of date because you know trade shows happen once a year. The stuff like this, these new software implemented devices, come out you know monthly, quarterly, and uh, it's amazing to see such a large 
uh, you know, end user switch from that? I mean, because they HSBC, they used to be one of the biggest with, you know, having fully integrated solutions in their conference rooms and needing very complicated uh, uh, installations. And now this almost gives them the ability to, you know, we're currently all working off possibly, I'm, I'm on a little laptop doing this Zoom call with you guys. I didn't need it. I didn't need to go to, I could have gone into my conference room where I have a Cisco device that has the capability that uh, works with Zoom because we bought the extra module for $12,000. I could have gone in that room uh, to do that, but why not just do this call in my, my office and without any difficulty, I was able to join. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing we, we, we do use Zoom here at, at Aviation. Uh, we pay for it, so it's not a sponsorship. We, we, we have a couple different licenses. It's also what we use for, for webinars, like the one we had this past week. Um, Luke, same kind of question. How, how are you adjusting your sales uh, strategy, honestly, when it comes to this kind of this new, this new, um, this new design? So we're, we're kind of in a really interesting group on that so we started out doing church audio 35 years ago we moved into stadiums and performance halls in the 90s and then we've done everything from athletics to performing arts centers um multi-purpose musical venues still do a lot of churches but we kind of stayed away from the corporate side we do some auditoriums and training rooms but we really stayed out of the boardroom out of video conferencing for a long time and probably about two years ago when zoom and soft codex really started taking off that's actually when we entered that market so we haven't had to shift from tanberg and hardware-based conferencing we have just shifted into the boardroom and, and really aggressively attacking that space and it's just been wonderful. We haven't had to overcome any issues or old ways of thinking. It's just been a very natural progression for us. And so we've, we've been integrating that into our solutions and our designs. And we've just gotten nothing but positive feedback from our, our clients. We've had really good relationships with manufacturers that are partnering with Zoom and, and Teams and, and other soft codecs. We've done you know, type your, your Zoom room type. We've done your BYOD, um, but still centered around video conferencing type of setup yeah. and, uh, you know, thin client, whatever. And, and it's just been very successful and, and easy from my perspective. All right, very cool. Yeah, you, you, you're probably one of the more unique people that have been able to kind of evolve with it um, because you guys have just started doing it. Uh, Paul, again, uh, Paul from, from, from AV Junction, they, staffing, um, mm. how has this changed over the last four to five years in what you and, and your teams need to know and, and the skill sets? Certainly. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I think as Brian alluded to, I think it, it has gotten easier. Um, yeah. I mean, I think first, first and foremost, I'm pretty, I'm really impressed with kind of the growth of Zoom. I mean, back in my sort of integration days, um, you know, four or five years ago, you know, we were sort of integrating, again, some codec-type solutions, not cloud-based. Um, Zoom was around, but it wasn't sort of quite there. And what I love about it is just the ease of use. I mean, as, as Brian said, I mean, we could have probably all gone into a conference room. We're in, our, in front of our laptops. It works. It, it's, uh, it's easy to use. And that, that sort of helps, I think, especially with this large rollout, um, 
think of all the employees at HSBC. Um, it's easy to use, you know, and, and of course they're standardizing it across, which I think is extremely important for, um, for that kind of onboarding of these new solutions. So, um, you know, I think this is going to be one, you know, one of many large rollouts like this. Um, I think Zoom has definitely done, you know, an excellent job with, um, you know, their, their technology and, and just making the ease of use, um, simple and, you know, from an installation perspective and a design perspective, um, it, it is sort of plug and play. I mean, you, the, the actual hardware that you need uh, is, is pretty minimal. And, um, and that, I think, makes it easier on everybody. Very good. Gentlemen, that is where we are going to leave it. Thank you all so much. Mr. Luke Jordan from Electroacoustics in Fort Worth. Don't call it Dallas. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or Electroacoustics if they are so inclined? Yeah, you can find us at eavi.com. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Jordan EAVI. All right, very good. Mr. McClymans, my fellow uh, Bears fan, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or Peerless AV? Uh, they can go to uh, peerless-av.com, see our great new website that we launched. Yes. Uh, that is making everybody finally happy, uh, which is awesome. Or uh, they can send an email to me at uh, first initial B, last name McClymans, at peerless-av.com. All right, very good. And Mr. Paul Weatherhead from AB Junction, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me, yeah. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so you can visit our site, uh, www.abjunction.com, um, or look me up on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. Um, that way, love to chat. All right, absolutely. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters. As I mentioned, I'm a Bears fan, so at this point, I got a 50-50 shot of being happy come Monday night. Uh, but more importantly for us, for Aviation, go by the website aviation.tv. That is aviation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others while you're there. Please check out our supporter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and CDA coverage and all that. And Peerless AV is one of those who we thank them for their support. Uh, as far as the uh, Aviation tour, as my buddy Chris Dino likes to say, Get your pencils out, because here we go. Uh, we will be in um, New Jersey and Vegas and Miami and London and New York sometime over the course of the next three weeks. So if you're going to the E4 uh, event in uh, New, New York, New Jersey, come by and say hi. I'll be moderating a panel there. If you were in the Las Vegas area uh, this week, uh, I will be uh, moderating uh, a panel at the T-Mobile Center um, in the home of the Golden Knights. Very, as a hockey fan, very excited about that. Uh, I mentioned Chris Neto, my buddy. We are going to be uh, hosting the live stream of the AV Magazine Awards uh, from London, uh, October 11th. Uh, so check that out. It will roughly be... If my math is correct, which again, Luke and I share that disability, uh, it'll be about two or three o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time on Friday the 11th. A really, really fun event. Uh, lots of really great AV tweets. Uh, he and I land on, on Saturday the 12th, and then we turn right around and cover uh, New York Digital Signage Week starting the 14th of, of October. So if you're in any of those areas, come by and say hi. I'll, I'll be hanging out with Brian uh, McClymans during New York Digital Signage Week and a bunch of really great folks. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.